from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex, back and better than ever. Spiking a little bit, spiking on that. Got to lower the... Got to lower the gain a little bit. There we go. We're spiking a little bit there. I apologize to your ear holes. Let us pour the honey of our voices in there now to soothe your aching ear holes. Jake is here. John is here. Patrick is here. Justine is here. It's been a busy week. One week uh, into a new presidency. Uh, everything is refreshingly boring. I mean, aside from death knocking at our door because it's a plague. Uh, everything has been uh, refreshingly boring this week. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Good. Busy with work. Yeah, work's been busy. I'm back to work now. Uh, everybody's working. We're all working again. Jake will be back to work very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. So things are moving along here, and uh, hopefully we'll be approaching something. Well, hopefully we'll be getting to something approaching normal in the near future. Some people are hoping by fall. You know, with all the vaccine rollout and all that stuff happening, that we'll be approaching something that, that we're used to. But uh, let's be careful for now, guys. Let's be cautious and wear our masks and not uh, quote dumb conspiracy theories, okay? And uh, let's stop with the, but what's the survival rate? Can we stop that? And uh, <laughs> can we stop that one, please? Um, and also, CDC, I don't know if you guys are there, they're suggesting maybe double masking. Maybe doing the old, uh, you know, the old uh, DJ Easy Rock, you know? It takes two. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody? Nobody on that? Okay. All right. <laughs> no, sorry. Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. It takes two to make things go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. Or maybe I should have done the mix a lot. You do a mix a lot with a mask. You, uh, double up. Uh, uh. How's that? That better? A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What does it take to reach you, kids? What does it take? <laughs> you should have said Tammy Terrell. You should have said Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. It, uh, what? Ain't no, val- ain't no mountain high enough? It takes two. Oh, that's it takes two, baby. That one? Yep. Uh, but there ain't no mountain high enough. It's true. Mm. Ain't no valley low enough, guys. Guys, let's talk about it. It's, you know, who watched? Did, am I the only one that peeked into the Godzilla versus King Kong trailer? Nobody no, else? no, I saw it. John, what did I you? Th- I was, I was uninterested completely, so I didn't even bother. Uh, Pat it just looked like the usual, you know, <laughs> the usual stuff. I think Mecha Godzilla is going to be the secret villain. Yeah, I've, I've heard that people spotted Mecha Godzilla in the trailer. I didn't see him. I will tell you, he's that on one of the screens. It it, it will. I will say that they did take my advice and they made it look like Pacific Rim because they're fighting with a lot of neon. Uh, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look that great. No, as, soon as, as soon as they started saying, we need Kong and Kong bows to no one. I'm like, well, let me just give me two hours of monsters punching each other. That's all I want. Why, do, why are they giving me story? Why are they doing this? Because they gave him a Godzilla spine axe. That's why. You need story. Nobody it's cares. The only thing that can cut Godzilla is Godzilla himself. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about the humans. Guillermo okay, del Okay, so who's the, who's the big star in this one? They've always got one 
really big star like Brian Cranston or somebody who's like a big human star. Uh, th- King this, Kong. It's this one. It's it's Millie Bobby Brown. She has to be Wasn't in everything now because of Stranger Things. So now she has to be in everything. She was in the last one, yeah. Yep, she's in the last one. And I saw my man Kyle Chandler in there. She's the Lin Manuel of monster movies. And that's no knock on her. It's just like the, the, the you know Hollywood finds somebody they like, and it's like you're in everything now for a while. That's how I feel about Humphrey Gobart. Humphrey Gobart. <laughs> Humphrey Gobart. Humphrey Gobart. Bogart. God, Gogart? what is his name? Yogurt. Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Gogart. Humphrey Gogart. Go go kart. Humphrey go kart. He's only go-kart. he's only considered one of the greatest stars of all time, Justine. So please, Yay. this guy, Humphrey Gogart. <laughs> he resides over there in a place of honor. For those of you at home, for those of you at home, is a uh, Justine is holding a picture up of Bogart smiling that John gave it to her for that John gave to her for Christmas, which is fantastic. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you feel like Humphrey Bogart is the Millie Bobby Brown of the 1940s? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Christ Almighty. <laughs> He mm-hmm. did one good movie, and everyone's like, you know what? Whoa! Oh, she said it was what? a good movie. She said it was one a good movie. One good movie. Try, try like 15 good movies. Try yeah. 20 good movies. Yeah. <laughs> try Holy pretty, shit. Try pretty much everything he's in is gold. How about that? Hmm? This doesn't bode well. This is your, what, your third Bogart movie? This does not bode well. If you're saying it was in one good movie. Well, let's just say it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I fully expect it to have 100% here. And if it doesn't, heads are going to roll. What do you mean, how? Um, It's a great movie. How? How? Wow. Crazy. How what? All right, let's get into it. we got to find out. Let's get it over with. Listen, let's talk about this King King Kong vs. Godzilla trailer. People. Guillermo del Toro showed you what you need to do in the original Pacific Rim. Just follow Guillermo's lead. Follow Just let him direct. Everybody else is a cartoon character. The, the stars are the monsters themselves. That's all you need. We don't need people talking. We don't need kids with, with, uh, with psychic bonds to the giant gorilla. We don't need any of that, okay? Give me monsters punching each other. And Godzilla better win. I don't care if he's a bad guy. He better win. There's no way a well, giant... No, they're they're going to fight, and then afterwards they're going to team up to take down Mechagodzilla because Mechagodzilla is the real villain, which is humanity. Mm-hmm. I love it, Patrick. I, I hey, like it. How did, uh, how did it work? The old one from the 60s, it was like in America, Kong no. wins, and in Japan, Godzilla wins, right? That is the urban legend, but in the Kong won in both because Godzilla, okay. Godzilla just left. All right. Yeah. That's not the. So he just quit. Godzilla just quit. Yeah, he just bails. He just swims out to the. He just takes off. He's like, yeah, I'll be back. Did he drop the mic? He he comes back. So in the in the long run, Godzilla really does win because he comes back, and the Kong's Mm. nowhere to be seen. Interesting. So that's an urban myth, huh? Yes, sir. And I don't need you. Those pictures you posted. What was that? What movie was that from? About a week ago, you posted uh, you posted Kong on the ground saying "What what of Mothra or something?" Oh, you didn't catch that. What's that from, you, John? That was that was that was making fun of. It was your favorite thing. 
it was in the the caption was Godzilla saying you weren't even a monster, and Godzilla, King Kong says, uh, "Give my regards to Mothra," and then Godzilla says, "Why did you say that name?" Oh, oh, that's great! I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Why did you say that name, Mothra? Why did you Why did you say Mothra? Why did you say Mothra? There you go. Yeah, I didn't get it. That's what it was. Uh, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I guess everyone else got it, huh? They didn't care. I didn't really get too much feedback from that. So screw you guys. <laughs> I love it. I Bless don't care. You. Oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That was so yeah, I, try to share, I try to share these things with you guys, and it just goes right over. It just goes right over there. But then when, we, but then when some new role-playing game comes out where you get to play, you know, hey, guess what, guys? New role-playing game. I got to hear all about it. We got to schedule yeah. things around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I got to play a game as uh, Godzilla, I'd fucking love it. You can. Yeah. You can play uh, the Godzilla game from Funko. It's fantastic. No, is good that game. a thing? Yeah, it's a little strategy game. That's a real thing. Huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. As many as your Godzilla, Mothra. No, a, a Biggio game. They had a couple of those. Mm. They, they used, yeah. yeah. Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. That's right. Yeah, long time ago. I want a new one. I want to be a giant fucking monster. God, there was a great one mm. on... Um, oh, there was a great one on... On, play, on the original PlayStation. I think it was called War of the Monsters. And it was all knockoffs, but they were really cool. Um, it was like a Godzilla knockoff, a King Kong knockoff. There was a like a giant robot. There was like a, a giant Jaeger. It was way way back, and it was uh, I think it was on PS one or PS two, and you you would fight in the city. It was fantastic. You could pull the buildings. Are you talking apart. Rampage? No, it wasn't Rampage. Mm-mm. It was an actual fighting. It was a fighting game, but it wasn't like two D. It was three D, and you would run around the city and pick up cars and throw them at each other. I think it was War of the Monsters. It was really great. Really, really good. There was like a 50s American robot. There was like a 60s giant Japanese robot. Awesome. Good stuff. There's Earth Defense Force, which I think has something like that. There was. There was. I think it's called War of the Monsters. It's on PS1, I want to say. Google it. Google it, somebody. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not too excited about this movie. Luckily, it's coming out. What was it called? PS2, War of the Monsters. There you go. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I wonder if it's on the PlayStation Marketplace. I wonder if you can buy it again. It's fun. Really fun. Had a fun, like, adventure mode in there. Um, I, w- I was just going to say something about something, and I and I forgot. I forgot. Uh, early, right before we started, right before we went to air, Justine asked if we were going to talk about WandaVision. Justine, what did you think about this episode of WandaVision, this week's episode? It was moving faster. Yes, just like Wanda's pregnancy. So it looks just like just like her pregnancy. Hell. It looks like they're going to take the House of M story, which means that this could be the way they're going inter- to in- introduce the X Men into the MCU. Oh, no. Do you already know who's going to be? Do you already know the cast who's coming up? No, I don't read any of that stuff. Oh, okay. Why? Nothing. Who's coming up? Nothing. Spoilers, Justine. Spoilers. Nobody. Yeah, don't spoil it. I know that. The, the, I know that somebody. Some, I didn't spoil it. No, I was no, trying to tell you no. Don't say a word. No, I know that somebody's no. going to uh, make a cameo, but I don't know who. 
Somebody from one of the movies. <clears throat> There's two people. Okay. Okay. Don't tell me. Good- I wasn't saying a thing. Well, judging by the way the show's rolling out, we'll get to, we'll know by next year who the cameos are going to be. But, uh, <laughs> right. This week was the break. It's like pulling teeth slowly but surely. This I week- am falling in love with um, what's her name? The main girl, Elizabeth Wanda. Olsen. Yeah, she's becoming like a really good actress for me right now. She's good. She's good. She's she's got all the talent that her sisters lack. Hey, hello. Hey, y'all. You got it, dude. I'm the same age as her sisters. Is she younger than her sisters or older? She's younger. Okay, all right. They, um, Mary-Kate and Ashley named their clothing line after her and her brother. Oh, like, hey, you're the two less popular ones. So you. I don't know what her brother does. Is that why? Is that where Quicksilver came from? <laughs> See what oh, I did there? Boom! Shit. Boom! 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 Shade. Well, because Quicksilver, it's your brother. Pietro. Pietro. You know what they need to stop with? Uh, you know what they need to stop on WandaVision? They need, they need to stop this. Ask me why I'm here, Patrick. Why are you here? I'm here because I'm I'm, I'm here because <laughs> I, 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 I'm here because. Uh, I'm here. I'm here because stop that. We get it. You can't remember. You don't know why. We get it. Stop. Yeah, that. but it's they about know why. Why he doesn't know. That's the important part. But I don't need. Yeah. I don't need you to. He doesn't know because he's not real. But I just. Oh, Patrick. No, he's real. Spoilers. Why would you say that? But don't keep Patrick, saying. Why it. would you be so mean? <laughs> he's not a real boy yet. He wants to be, but he's not. Mm. Wow. He's so well, massive spoiler alert. If this follows the house of M, uh, the babies the babies die, and yep. then uh, she goes nuts and takes away a bunch of people's power. And then the Avengers protect her, and then the X-Men get pissed off at the Avengers, and there's a big war. And you got mad at me. Don't tell me who the guest star is, but I will tell you how it is. No, you don't have to tell me. Who are they? Okay, let's. We'll go into spoiler territory. Who are they saying that the the um the guest stars are going to be? You're getting forgot his name. I think his name is David Cho. No, what's his name? The Asian guy from Ant Man. From Ant Man. He's also in Fresh Off the Boat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, who is the he? Dad. He's the and same Ant-Man, guy. He's an agent. Oh, okay. And so he's playing himself, and you're getting, I think her name is Kat Dennings. Mm-hmm. I think that's the actress's name uh-huh. from Thor. She's going to be in it, too. Hmm. Well, she's, she's, in the preview. she's in the preview already. You see her in the preview. I don't watch previews. Yeah, she's in the preview already. And I was Why like, would I spoil things? I was, like, oh, that's the, a- I was like, oh, that's the girl from, that looks like Natalie Portman's partner from Thor, which makes sense because she's a scientist. Why would you watch a preview if the show's so short? <laughs> like, because, no surprises be, now. They they don't show you everything in the trailers. Yeah. But they only give you, like, 20 minutes of show. Yeah, and then 10 minutes of credits, which we're supposed to pour over. And and uh, I'm getting over the uh, treasure hunt thing. I'm getting too old for that. Like, that's cool when you're younger. I Just, just give me the, all 10 episodes, and I'll watch them in a row, and then I'll tell you what I think. How about that? What's Ooh, you want to do it the Netflix way. Yeah. 
What's the treasure hunt? That's just what I call it. They're like they're spooning you little by little, and it's like, mm, nah, no thanks. You know what they used to call that? They used to call that television. Yeah, you could only you could you could watch one episode at a time, and next week you just have to wait. Not necessarily next week. Not necessarily, John, because cliffhangers were a thing that you would do season to season, but you didn't necessarily have unless it was like The Prisoner or something. You didn't necessarily have one whole story arc back when we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the Hulk would go to a new oh. town, different team, a new town next week, unless it was a two-parter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm just old. <laughs> You're old. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my world. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm damning Wandavision a lot. It's actually the the actors are good in it. That you know, you're right. Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic. She is. You want more? Like you're not getting enough out of the 25 minutes you're getting. Yeah, it's, I think it, that's the biggest complaint. Like it's each episode is not enough. It doesn't feel like a full episode. It feels like they're trying. I don't know. It feels like they're trying to stretch it thinner. Well, like I, they're buttering a piece of bread with butter that's not soft enough. I feel like what they're doing is it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the at the end of the season we're all going to rush back and go we need to watch these episodes again because this meant this and this was here and this was there. But uh, mm, on, on, but on their own they don't like I said they're they're not quite good enough to be the parodies they're trying to be. And uh, uh, and um, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Was this last one like a Brady Bunch thing? Or yes, what? yes, exactly, John. The Brady Bunch. If, yes. If you saw the neighbors and he was trying yeah. to cut through a wall with a hedge clippers. <laughs> yes. 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 Did the back. Did the backyard look like uh, astroturf? Like it was a sound. Stage? And it had the swing set back there. Yep, it had the Brady Bunch swing uh-huh. set back there. Yes, John. Yes. Did they do that? Did yeah. they do that theme you like? That. Da, 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 da. That's the jaunty one. They just got good news. They're coming home. Mike's coming home with a new with a new uh, trailer. We're all going to Arizona. We're going to the Grand Canyon, kids. And we're gonna meet Jim Backus, and he's gonna lock us up and go psycho on us. Yep. And that's the only episode of the whole season John will like because it has Jim Backus in it. Other than that, don't I don't care about the rest of the show. That's what I love about John. How about, how about Hawaii when they met, meet Vincent Price? Oh, that's, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that he's in that. Is he creepy in it? He, creepy paper. Yes, very creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vincent Price. But I mean, for the Brady Bunch, even for the Brady Bunch, he's creepy in that one because he's like in love with the Tiki. And they're like, Jesus, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember that? Yeah. Talking to the Tiki, they're like, Christ, what kind of show are we on now? Yeah, good old Vincent Price, man. And then uh, I love him. we're going to get Don Drysdale here, and the Dodgers are going to be here. It's going to be great. Uh, and, Deacon, and of course, uh, Deacon Jones. WandaVision. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, I finally finished Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Uh, I literally finished it the day before it went off of streaming, and boy, nice. it took me three weeks to get through that, and it was not good. <laughs> it was no bueno. You tortured yourself. And if you were in front of her, you would tell her that? In front of Gal Gadot? Uh, I, I'd say yeah. <laughs> I would tell her that. 
I would say that was a disappointment, gal. I like the first one, though. She's... I honestly hate that Chris Pine's in it. I hate him. Why do you hate Chris Pine? <laughs> because they're trying to make him like a good-looking guy, and he's not. Wow, that's wow. interesting. Hmm. He's from a... I always thought he was kind of a handsome guy, but of course I'm a dude. So it's like, what do I know? <laughs> hmm. That's weird. It's weird that you think that. I don't think he's you know a handsome I mean? guy. He's not, he's not ugly, so it's like, I'm, I don't get it. It's weird that you think he's... He, not ugly, but I don't see him as a leading man. It's weird mm. that you don't think he's good-looking, considering some of the people you do think are good-looking. That's what's weird to me. Adam Driver? Those guys are really good-looking. Adam Driver? Mm. Patrick? <laughs> the child? Are you asking Patrick to back you up, or are you using Patrick as an no, example? I'm saying Patrick is also good looking. Is he? <laughs> nah. Not with that hat on, he's not. <laughs> like a that two. That hat came later in our relationship. Patrick's wearing a MAGA hat, or he might as well be. I'd probably be less offended hey, by a MAGA hat. That's fucked up. Yep. That's that. Uh, hmm? That's a fucked up joke. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You're gonna offend my. You're gonna offend my eyesight with that hat. Hmm. It's not wow. ha- it's okay. Not, it's not Halloween. Take those colors off. No, it's fine. Okay. It is fine. Wait, what's on your shirt? Oh, you're wearing a little. Okay, that's fine. Mm. Justine, what are you doing? Huh? Are you cracking walnuts? What are you doing? Justine! <sighs> what? That's on the... People can hear that at home. Sorry. <laughs> you know what she was just doing? <laughs> hey, hey! What the hell is going on? That's extra work for me. Knock it off. <laughs> Everyone's all... Kazoos, spoons. It's like, all right, enough already. <laughs> what were you doing? Were you? That's like the person at, at at the movies that waits. You get twenty minutes of previews, then as soon as the movie starts, they're in the candy wrapper. Yeah, I love that they covered that in Sullivan's Travels. You get to see exactly what kind of hell that is to be surrounded by noisy people. <laughs> we're not going to cover the this. Kid? We're not going to cover that this week, but that is a great movie. That's a great movie. I love it. The kid with the, the kid that's blowing into the uh, candy box and the other kid stuffing his mouth. And wait, uh, why are we not covering Sullivan's Travels? Uh, we're not going to cover it this week. We have a we got to talk about Wandavision. So oh, wait, why not? Hmm. No. He's pulling your leg. He's yanking your chain. Is it already? Stop it. Is it already time to cover um, the movie Digital Movie Club? Is it already time, guys? John, do you know we lost Cloris Leachman today? What? Yeah, somebody just uh, texted me. She's funny. She's wow. great. She's a national treasure. Well, uh, not anymore. She I, was. Well, I feel like Betty White gets a lot of love, but where's the love for Cloris Leachman? You know what I'm saying? Right, John? Academy Award, Academy Award winner, Cloris Leachman. Fantastic. Frau Blucher? <laughs> I mean, t- talk about a range. So you got her uh, in Last Picture Show, mm-hmm. which is a heartbreaker. Just breaks your heart, rips it out and stomps on it. Then Frau Blucher, which is an amazing comedic role. That's right. 
I love her. Cloris Leachman, fantastic. So R.I.P. Cloris Leachman, guys. And of course, and of course, Phyllis. Guys, let's talk about it. It's time for the Digital Movie Club with a new theme. Hit it, Patrick. I don't know this new theme. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Da 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 da. Digital movies. Oh yeah. Digital. Take it. You got it. You got it. Digital movies. Take it. You got it. movies. Digital movies. Digital movies. Digital movies. I'm solid. You like that? Pretty good, huh? I did. Good job, guys. You're welcome, guys. It's time for the Digital Movie Club. Patrick, Justine, Jake, John. We're all watching movies from my own personal collection this week. We're covering two 1940s classics. One called Sullivan's Travels. And the other, John? The Maltese Falcon. The Maloose Filoni's. I'm, wait, I'm just waiting to see what the next antic is from Justine here. It looks like something out of a David Lynch movie. You can see the reflection of her in the TV. <laughs> it looks like something from Twin Peaks. Or uh, <laughs> you want to? Is it creepy? You want to talk to me? It looks like a ghost. You want to talk to me? Like I can't ghost? move you. I can't move you because my phone's dying. I'm, 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 it looks like a ghost of Justine walking through the wall. I'm there now. Do you want to talk to me? <laughs> what is that noise? <laughs> Everyone brought out their loudest snacks, activities, oh you guys, everything. Hey, I muted myself out of respect. There it is. Hey, Mario. Oh, there we go. All right, guys. What do you want to cover first? So we cover Sullivan's Travels, or shall we cover Maltese Falcon? Maltese Falcon. Okay, let's do Maltese Falcon first. I just need a, a reminder at the start, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I expect all 10s from this one, so let's not disappoint me. Okay. But also be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Be yourself. Patrick, give us the breakdown on Maltese Falcon. This 1941 movie released on October 3rd, directed by one John Houston, got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not have a budget, and I do not have a gross. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Let's keep that 100%. in mind. Oh, what? I didn't. I didn't catch that. Wait, for a lot tomatoes. of people, this is the. For a lot of people, this is the uh, perfect example of the film noir genre of movies. It's a hard-boiled detective uh, story. Based, Certified fresh. Yep, based on uh, the works of uh, of uh, Dyshell Hammett, and uh, he created the Sam Spade character. Uh, who would like to go? First, who for John and I, of course, had seen the Maltese Falcon. Patrick, you ha- you are something of a classic cinema lover. Had you seen Maltese Falcon uh, before? Heard of it? Yes. Watched it? No. Jake or Justine? I watched it in high school. 
You did see it in for, high school. All right. For my for my English class. You lucky boy. You lucky boy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's start with uh, Justine wanted to start here. So let's go ahead and get her 10 out of the way and go with Justine. Justine, tell us all about your love of both Humphrey Bogart and this movie. Take it away. Humphrey Bogart is the worst. Jesus. Humphrey um, Humphrey Bogart. Um, in like one phone call, he pissed me off because he was like, hey, Precious, and hey, I forgot what else he said. You know. So many things. And I was okay, like, doll face. Time out. Time out. You know that's a character, right? You know he's just reading the words from the script, right? <laughs> I don't like him. You're aware that he, you're aware that that's not. He's just reading the script as it is, mm-hmm. which is what he gets paid to do, by the way. You know, Adam Driver isn't actually Ben Solo. Yeah. Or Kylo Ren. Although he He's does, his own he, although he really does what? have pepperoni nipples. That he is, does, that much is nip, true. His nips are huge. Those were not CGI. <laughs> However, <laughs> don't let that, don't let that. Hmm? Those nipples, those nipples be real. Mm-hmm. Those sausages are real. I can't believe, I can't believe this is a review nipples. for the Maltese Falcon. So you okay? Continue, please, Justina. I'm sorry to derail you there. With <laughs> we digress. Um, I just don't like the the way they wrote. Um, they wrote the girl. I didn't believe in a love story there. Um, You're not supposed to. It was too quick for that. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, I don't know. The story was boring. Hold on. The whole thing, I just was not into it. I didn't like it. I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you because I really just did not care. What did you think of the You're fat? Just lucky man. I finished it. <laughs> We're lucky you finished it. What did you think of the last line? I felt like he could have played the penguin. How about Jabba the Hutt? The big guy. <laughs> I think that's where they got Jabba the Hutt was from uh, Sydney Green Street. Even the laugh. And. That other guy is from um, from the movie that we watched too, right? The one with Casablanca. the big eyes. All three yeah. of them. Were yeah, he's in there too. They were in all Casa- They were all in Casablanca. Uh, Peter Lorre, Humphrey Bogart, and uh, Sydney Greenstreet. Uh, Peter Lorre has also been in other movies that we've seen, as in Twenty Thousand Leagues, such as Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. He was uh, Professor uh, Aaron Axe's uh, little uh, a manservant. If you remember, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you find the characters interesting, or did it, you know? Even if you didn't like the story, did you find the characters interesting? I found the whole movie to be cheesy, and <laughs> it didn't seem cinematic. I was listening to the music though, and I'm like, this reminds me of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. The way they play music for everything, but you also see it in the other movie too, in um, Sullivan's Travel. So, well, it is Warner Brothers, so there's uh, some similarity there. Um, hmm. Well, I wasn't. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What's the uh, <laughs> what's the what's the old saying? Casting pearls before swine. Um, where did we leave off? She doesn't know what that means. I know. I know. I'm just so annoyed. Um, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to. I'm, I'm knocked for a loop. Patrick, save me. I felt me. when I was watching. <laughs> 
save you. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all I'm saying. All, all those people can't be wrong. You want Why? Oh, just not a fan of him. Just not. Okay, so what if it was somebody else, though? What if it was, you know... Uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> no, fuck Steve Martin. Uh, <laughs> what if it was like, um, uh, like, oh, what was his name? Why Tom, can't I remember? His name? Tom Holland is Sam Spade. No, 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 like same time period. Oh, like uh, Dick Powell or one of those guys. Or like Cary Grant, right? Oh, yeah. Shoo her in, Effie. Shoo her in. Hey, would that have been better? What are you birds sucking I, around for? That'd be great. I still think the story what? is pretty um, boring. A, a jewel encrusted bird. Uh. That's yep. That's the, that's the ultimate MacGuffin. The jewel. Yep, it was and boring. People, and people are willing to kill for it. Yeah, yeah. People are yep. willing to kill. What about your friend Ward Bond? You thought you could see your buddy Ward Bond? <laughs> it's always a. I love it. How about your old buddy Ward Bond? How about your old pal Bart, Barton McLean? Barton McLean. Uh, surly detective. <laughs> you, you know, uh, John, what's funny about Barton McLean, uh, I think if you read The Boys of Summer by Roger Kahn, the, the Dodgers were fond of playing uh, a game called Barton McLean. And I don't remember what it is, but you ba- it was basically kind of like we do with Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. You had to name a movie that Barton oh. McLean was in or something. I forgot how they – but they, they had a game. That they, and the name of the game they would play on the bus was called Barton McLean, believe it or not. So I always think of Barton yeah. McLean when I uh, – You know, it's funny is if you played that game with Ward Bond, he's in every movie. Yeah. If it's being made between – if it's made between 32 and, and 62, he's in every movie. Nicole and I <laughs> – Nicole and I – <laughs> he's in all westerns he's in all detective movies he's in everything we just, you know it's funny nicole and i just watched uh bringing up baby and he turns up in that as a cop like in, the, crazy. in the last five yeah. minutes i was like oh there's ward bond there's your ward yeah. bond appearance not even a big part sometimes you know like it's in a wonderful life you know he's in some scenes but it's maybe like Five minutes of the whole movie, you know. He's in like he's in uh he's the cop in um Grapes of Wrath. Well he's the cop from Oklahoma and he tells him, you know, I gotta get yeah. I gotta you guys can't stay here. You gotta he's in it for three lines maybe. But uh, he's in it. So good old Ward Bond. Make a lot of money. He's in everything. Yeah. Uh Patrick is in- and then you see him on the you, you see him on the searchers and you go, Wow, now there's there's a big <laughs> He's got a big part, you know. He's got a big beefy part. Um, that yeah. that sounded dirty, That's but it wasn't. Um, see, I over I stepped on your joke. I'm sorry, uh, Patrick. What did you think of the Maltese Falcon, my man? Um, I do agree with Justine on one thing. I think the romance is very far fetched. I do understand you're not supposed to believe that he loves her. Um, it just doesn't read as well. Um, but as a whole, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, the characters are probably what makes it the most interesting. Um, the story at times can kind of get a little convoluted and fall back in on itself a couple times. And I think that's intentional. Um, but, uh, overall it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I like the character. I like Sam Spade. I think he's a, a really interesting detective. I think Bogart does a great job. 
Um, and it was nice to see Peter Lorre and uh, City Green Street again. I thought they were really cool. Together. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Together again for the first time. Um, yeah. You're, you're right. I, and Hammett said that he based the character of Sam Spade because he, he was a detective in real life. I think he worked for the Pinkerton Agency. And he, he said he based them on what uh, a lot of detectives he worked with thought they were, but they weren't. Yeah. So it's kind yeah, of like, like an idealized... You, you, like he's very idealized because you see like the total reaction of hey his partner was just fucking killed and murdered and throughout the whole movie you're like wow this guy's an asshole he does not give a shit about his friend who died until the last like two minutes when you're like sorry sweetheart you're going down too yeah my friend yeah. you're like oh now he gives a shit he yeah. did the he did the whole time. That was the whole thing. Yeah, he, I know. Yeah, but I love I love how seedy it is. Like the second the, yeah, the partner's dead, <laughs> the partner's wife's like, "Oh, you did it so we could be together." It turns into this really yeah, weird. It's just like, like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> there's it, like there's definitely other plot lines you want to explore. Like I I would have minded if he had gone with them to uh, Istanbul to find the Falcon because I want to know more about it. Like. I, it was interesting. It's just, it's it's a very interesting way of being filmed. I do love some of the cinematography. Like when you, the first couple minutes when uh, they're in the office and they're talking and then they, they stop talking and you see it as the camera pans down, the reflection from the glass window is their names across the floor. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So they did some really clever tricks. Um, it was good. I liked it. This was John Houston's first, directorial debut this was his directorial i can't speak it was his first movie and uh so what uh what he did was he had everything planned out everything drawn he had storyboards drawn up everything the camera shots everything was pre-planned and it was he was so tightly planned that they actually had extra time every day because they were done shooting so yeah. early that they would and then but the cast all really liked one another, so they would uh, Houston would take them back to their hotel, and they would hang out and talk about anything other than the movie. So they really the, the crew really got along well with, with the cast really got along well with one another. But he was so meticulous in pre-planning it because he didn't want to fail that it was it was done that he was shooting it very very fast. So it was actually um, shot more like a B movie, even though it was a was an a picture but uh, that goes credit to john houston because you're right patrick there's a lot of really good scenes in here uh, you know a lot of the scenes at night the way the shadows fall even yeah. during the even the the lighting in like sam's apartment um, mm -hmm. all that stuff is really really well done um i it definitely i think the story though suffers a little bit because it's so like the pathways are so convoluted as far as like how people are intertwining, how somebody met, and then you find out that they know they really didn't meet this way, that it happened this way, and it's just like there's a lot of twists and turns for as short of a movie it is. It is that it's kind of things get lost a little bit as far as communication. -wise. It, it was really it was based it was almost verbatim from the book, which was serialized. It was I think it was written in five parts, but the thing about American noir movies is they're like that they're very convoluted the plots yeah. don't always make sense but you're not watching it because you want the plot to make sense no, you're yeah. watching it because yeah, the interesting part. yeah you're watching it because Peter Lorre's getting slapped and Humphrey Bogart's telling him he's going to take it and like it that's why you're watching yeah. it you're watching it for the characters or you know you pull a gun on me see 
Yeah. <laughs> and then he just slaps that guy around. I love that that guy's just punked left and right. And then know? he just pulls the gun again. <laughs> or he just decks Peter Lorre, just like full on. Just, uh, I love it. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. I uh, like it. All right. I'm glad you like it. Jake, what did you think, my man? You mean the grandfather of all noir movies? Yes, the one with 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. One with 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Pretty good. You liked it? I think I think at least for us since we've since this is like the base story that we've seen a million times ripped for other movies sure. then it's not quite as effective as it would normally be. It's derivative having, now, yeah. Very much so. But um I mean, thought it's good. Yeah, characters are great. Um, extremely convoluted um, story, but at the same time, that's kind of what you get with noir films. Yes, you get ex- you get extremely convoluted. It's like, oh, this guy, this guy's scheming with this guy, but this guy's scheming with both those people who are going to screw over this person who's with this guy. It's just kind of that's kind of what you get with noir. That's it. But yeah, characters are great. Um, you get to hear Peter Lorre say, "You idiot." <laughs> Which is Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Bloated yeah. idiot. You imbecile. You fathead. He is good. He's so good in those roles, those little slimy characters. I know. He typecasted himself. He's too good. With his little cane, his little glove, and his little curly hair. I like that at one point you see him actually like sticking the cane in his mouth because he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking see him, dude. He sits down in the car and he brings the cane to his mouth, and you see him stick it in his mouth real quick. And he's like, what the fuck is he doing? Being, being weird for no reason. But those are great character choices, man. That's yeah. great. Uh, <laughs> he's a weirdo. That's why you love him, and that's why it's fun to watch him get slapped around. That's fun. Justine, aren't, you, aren't these bringing back great memories for you? <laughs> no. Memories. Of, of, Wait, why would you watch it in high bar. school? Like, as for what? Like a rainy day or li- substitute? Like teacher? literature? Did, he said he watched it in English class, so they probably read English. They probably read the story. Yeah, the British the British detective novels, like you know, stuff based on Agatha Christie, is all very much who done it, and the 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 British. Detectives are always letting you know, I did this, I went here, I went here, I did this. And American stories, it's all about, like, you know, I slapped this guy around, then I shot this guy, then I hooked up with this lady, and then, you know, case closed. But he Um, doesn't like to use That's right. That's right. He doesn't use guns. Um, Are there any lines that stood out for you, uh, Patrick? There's a lot of Uh, snappy dialogue in here. No, I mean, I just I I wasn't so much focused on like a particular line. Um, honestly, I really like uh, Sydney Greenstreet. I, I like the Gutman. I, I was surprised how much I liked him. He's very charming. Uh, very charming. It made me. It, I think watching this movie made me just want to watch Casablanca again when I saw all three. <laughs> yeah. It was just like I should go watch Casablanca because mm-hmm. I liked him in Casablanca too. He's very good. He's a shitty you know, Patrick. You know, Patrick. This was his first movie. He had he had done stage work. He'd never been in a movie before. So uh, when John Houston saw him do the screen test, he said, "Oh, this is our guy. He's perfect. He's mm-hmm. got the 
you know, he's got the bulk, the heft, and he's uh, he's got that rumbling voice and that crazy laugh. So he said, oh, yeah, we got to have him, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, just the way he delivers his dialogue is very interesting. And you're right. I think my favorite part is definitely Peter Laurie having a slight panic attack and curling up into a chair at the end of the film. And it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you, you're right about one thing, Patrick, is um, – He's a very likable. Well, so is Peter Lorre. They're very they're bad guys, but yeah, they're very likable. You honestly don't hate it. like the people you probably hate the most in this film is the cops. Like they're mm-hmm. just fucking idiots and assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, you really don't hate like the villains in this film. You kind of sympathize at some point. Um, I think it's probably the cops and uh, the uh, Willen or Willen or Wylan or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the gun guy. You don't like him until he gets ramrodded and he's the fall guy. That's when it gets pretty fucked up. Turns into the patsy that you feel kind of you feel kind of bad for him. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the captain uh, Captain Jacoby of the ship, the guy who delivers the Falcon and then falls dead. That's uh, Walter Houston. That's John Houston's dad. He was the old crazy old prospector in uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. But he's only in it for a second. He comes in and kills over, and he's dead. But that was uh, that was our friend Walter Houston. Bless you, bless you, Patrick. He muted himself. Bless your heart. God, what a J- what an angel. And I muted myself. Yeah, what an angel. Uh, John, let's talk about it. Maltese Falcon. I know this is one of your favorites. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, you know, this is the movie that made Bogart a big star. Which is the why one Jim- before this, High Sierra, was pretty big deal. But this is the one that really turned him into a star. That's why Justin and, hates uh, it. This this had been tried. They tried shooting us two other times, and it you know the first two times they were flops. So it's kind of amazing that they let John Houston do it a third time. But because the budget was so small, they said, "Well, give it give it a try." He had been a screenwriter for years. So they said, "Okay, we trust you to make something out of the story." But this was the third attempt, and uh, third time was the charm because this was a big hit. And uh, yeah, this if you look at if you like film noir, this is about as far back as you can go. There's not mm-hmm. much before this, as far as the way. Is there anything the before way. this? There are a few. Uh, There's you know, a couple, but people always argue about it because it's tough to. Uh, some people argue over how you define a film noir. What is it that makes a film noir a film noir? Is there a is there somebody who's been framed? Is there so, is, is there a femme fatale? Is there you know uh, double crossing, backstabbing? Also, the way it looks, you know, with all the shooting things through Venetian blinds or up alleyways. So people kind of argue over what makes it a film noir. And the term film noir comes after the fact. At the time, they just called these things uh, detective pot boilers or suspense films. After the fact, the French said, well, this is kind of a thing that Americans do. And they're the ones that called it, called it film noir. But they came up with the name after it was, you know, this genre was pretty much over with. <laughs> so... It's kind of funny the way it works. It's always it always is the French that figures out how good American films are after the fact, you know. When everyone's forgotten somebody like Buster Keaton, they'll write, you know, you know, huge books on on the merits of Buster Keaton. It's the same with film noir. They were onto it uh, really as a thing before we were. We just thought these things were just like detective movies, and they were like a dime a dozen, you know. Yeah, and there was a lot of but them. This is the this is the granddaddy. And, uh, yeah, other people have played um, Sam Spade and uh, Philip Marlowe. You know, the big sleep a uh, couple years after this. It's uh, 
Talk about convoluted. The Big Sleep is even more convoluted than this one. It was so, it's so convoluted they had to call the author up in the middle of shooting it. <laughs> uh, it's so it's so convoluted. Raymond Chandler, the author, when he saw it, said he still he wasn't sure who did it when he saw the movie. Uh, we're actually going to watch that one. So good news for Justine. Well, you know it's funny because with the Big Sleep they took twenty minutes out, which is the reason that people couldn't figure out what was going on. They said, we got a choice. We can put in more Lauren Bacall or we can put in the 20 minutes that explains what the plot is. And they said, well, people love Bogey and Bacall together. So to hell with the plot. We'll just we'll just dump 20 minutes of it. So, but quite frankly, there's a lot of these I can't follow. I love the personalities. I love the way they're shot. I love the acting. I love the photography. I can never make head or tail of this uh, plot line. I can never quite keep it straight. uh, Who's Mm -hmm. double crossing who? It's just. These things are really tough, you know? So for me, it's always just watching the personalities at work. And that that's the fun of it, you know? And uh, it really is great to watch Peter Laurie and, and Sidney Greenstreet in the same room because they're such opposites. You know, you've got this, this squeaky little guy in this great big, you know, six foot three uh, tub. You know, it's just, uh, it's funny when they're together. And uh, Warner Brothers started casting him in movies. When you look at their filmographies, they put those two together quite a bit because they said, we really got something here. Even if it's not a Bogart movie by Casablanca, it, putting them together is always pure, pure movie gold, you know? Uh, I think, I believe they were, so, to, I believe they were together in uh, Hey, Hey in the Hayloft. And, that's right. um, in your plants, 1941. What was the other, what was the other one? There's another one. Uh, uh, oh, 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 so long, so wrong or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I like this one. Uh, this is really, yeah, this is the granddaddy of all, of all film noirs. You know, uh, Patrick was talking about how great the photography is. The cinematographer on this is the same guy who shot the original Frankenstein. Hey, um, Arthur Edson. So, uh, he really knows how to light a scene. That's for sure. Yes. You see that uh, a lot. You see that a lot. But yeah, Houston, like you said, he, he had it all worked out because he didn't want to go over budget. He says, it's my first movie. If I go over budget, they may never give me another movie. So yeah, he had it so worked out that I think there was even a little money left over afterward, which is unheard of. You know, you either get it right on the money or you go over budget. Uh, I think he finished with a little money still in the kitty, you know. That's nice. So, um, but you got all the iconic lines, you know, um, you know, when you're slapped, you'll take it and like it. Mm-hmm. That's an iconic line. And the... Uh, you know, I won't take the fall for you at the, you know, it doesn't matter. And the whole thing about her, uh, nobody ever believes that, that he's in love with her or she's in love with him. She's playing him from the beginning and he's thinking, well, I'll go as far as I can, but I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. You know, mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's not really a, intended to be much of a love story on that end, but no. it, the finale is the greatest because when uh, Ward Bond says, what is this? And he goes, it's the stuff dreams are made of. That's just beautiful. You know, yeah. even though it's it's paraphrasing Shakespeare, it's a great thing to say at the end. And then I love how the last shot, it's like, this is what she's going to look like in jail. They put her in the elevator. They pull the bars across. And it's like, well, <laughs> here's what you're going to be looking at it for the next 30 years. You know, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good one. All right. Let's rank it up, guys. Justine, Maltese Falcon, 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What would you give it? Three. A oh, three, wow. even less than Casablanca. Oh, 
shit. Uh, Patrick. Coco uh, Blanca nice. was way more entertaining than this. There you go. Can we put that? On, can we put that on a sound loop? <laughs> <laughs> I want that uh, a tape loop of uh, Justine saying Way that. Way better than this movie. And then we watched that other movie that was better than Casablanca. Um, Treasure and Sierra Madre? Yeah. But this, this is, this is worse. It's just, that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's funny. He is a very unsympathetic character, but this is the beginning of the anti-hero. If anybody ever wrote a book on the beginning of the anti-hero, which kind of culminates with Quinny Eastwood and all those guys, it really begins with Bogart. You know, kind of not sympathetic, but you're still rooting for him. You know, the first Han Solo. Kind of bingo, bingo. Jake, what did you give it? Think about it. Tough guy. You know, doesn't take any. Did you give my score, Mario? Justine started talking. I'm sorry, Uh, Patrick. What'd you give it? I gave it a nine. Patrick is at a nine. Beautiful man. Jake? It's not quite Casablanca. I give it an eight. Ocho. Okay. John? I give it a nine. Um, it's funny. I do like, I kind of like him in the big sleep even better than this. I don't know why. It just plays better. Uh, There's almost a 10, but I give it a nine. I'll go nine as well. I'll go with a nine. It's not perfect for me, but I love it. It's a good one. Yeah. It's I I, th- I think I'm comparing it to Casablanca because the other three were in it. They all were in it, and Casablanca for me sticks with you. A lot of the scenes, a lot of the moments, really stick with you. Versus this film, it was good. It's well shot. The characters are interesting, but it doesn't have that same like wow quality. Okay, that's fair. But a, a, a nine is a perfectly legitimate score, as is an eight. Uh, anything lower than that, it's just people that probably have anything lower than an eight, probably people with an axe to grind or people that don't, uh, maybe they have a personal vendetta Vendetta. against somebody in one of the, in one of the roles. Maybe, maybe they don't like, you know, I really don't, I really don't like chicken shawarma. So I give Marvel Avengers a five. (laughs) (laughs) He's all over the that's the logic. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move, uh, let's move on to uh, nineteen. Another film from nineteen forty-one uh, by the name of Sullivan's Travels. This is our only movie directed by Preston Sturgis, who is uh, one of considered one of Hollywood's greatest directors. Uh, let's talk about it. Go ahead, Patrick. Take it away. Give us a breakdown. Uh, this nineteen forty-one film released in December doesn't actually give me a date. Wow. Got a 7.9 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ran an hour and 31 minutes, directed by one Preston Sturgis. Uh, yep, that's all I got. No budget, no uh, box office. Starring the lovely uh, Veronica Lake and the very handsome Joel McRae, uh, mm-hmm. who we'll see again in a much older uh, role a few years from now, a few months from now. But uh, yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of Joel McRae on here. We don't have, this is our only Veronica Lake movie. Uh, she was paired famously with Alan Ladd of Shane fame a couple of times uh, in a couple of noir movies. But uh, this is the only time we're going to see her. Uh, and uh, let's none of you had seen it except for John, I'm assuming. Negative. So, so, you know, Justine had such a bad time with the first movie. Let's see if she liked Sullivan's Travels any better. Justine, what did you think of Sullivan's Travels? Oh, Justine... 
Sullivan's Travels was fantastic. <sighs> wow. It's a long ass movie. You are redeemed. Long ass movie, but it's worth it in the end. Did long it, ass movie. Did it feel long? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour yes. and a half. Hour, 90 minutes. It felt freaking long. You, you know what makes it feel long is that he goes, he sets out, and you're like, okay, we're on our way. Then he comes back. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> then he sets then he out, out again. again. Yeah. Then he goes out again. He he's like, okay, we're done. I just got to do this one last thing. And then he's out again. You're like, wait, how does this? It felt like the last 20 minutes of, Re- of Return of the King. But, uh, yeah, that always throws me when I watch because I forget. This movie's really three false endings. It's three long false endings. <laughs> it's where Lord of the Rings got it. Yeah, kind of. But it's very – they're now, very – Oh, go ahead. Hold Lord Lord of the Rings. Let me let me just let hold on. No, fuck you. Needs I all of those movies, endings. but they could have taken the eagles there from the beginning. It, Don't fuck with no, me. No, about no. You know no, what this I is? Right. Nope. Just, no. Let me tell you what this is. No. This is just like Lord of the Rings with a little sex. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> with a little sex. <laughs> I love how annoyed he is with a little sex. Yes, you got it. Just uh, a little. Sullivan's Travels is a, sto- a story of a, of a director who wants to make an important movie. And so he sets out to make a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which uh, you will, some of you may be familiar with. There's a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, and so he goes to make a movie about human suffering. He uh, throws off all of the um, trappings of uh, modern life. And sets out uh, to live as a tramp and uh, find out what it's like for uh, people during the, uh, the common man during the Depression. And then he's going to make a film about it. And this is sort of the story of that odyssey to make that movie. And um, it's, uh, it's a very funny movie. And it's also a very, uh, um, uh, it's very, it's, it definitely has a message uh, if you get to the end of the movie. But that's the basic plot. Joel McRae plays um, the director, John L. Sullivan. And uh, Veronica Lake is a girl who never is never given a name. I never realized that until my wife said she doesn't even have a name. Uh, and she she accompanies uh, Mr. Sullivan on his travels, so uh, he meets her along the way. And uh, she's down on her luck, getting ready to leave Hollywood. And uh, it you know, comedy ensues. Comedy. Yeah, ensues. I know her name. That's the way. So let's talk about it, Justine. What did you tell us? Why you liked it? What did you like about it? Um. Veronica Lake is a very attractive lady. She is. She was cute. Very, very beautiful. Um, then I, I thought it was funny when he ends up right back in Hollywood. That part was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and annoying. Annoying and funny. Um, the story was kind of like, all right, let's see what he's going to find out. Like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, this is going to be so stupid. I'm not going to find out anything. Uh-huh. Um, it keeps going and you're like, all right. Okay, he's conning a woman. All right, um, but then they they um, she finds that out really quick. You know what I mean? Like it would it could have kept going all the way to the end, but she mm-hmm. finds out really quick what he is, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the ways, it just it had a lot in the story that just I didn't expect. It was little twists and turns that I didn't expect from the movie, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Like him losing his memory, like I didn't expect that. Um, and then him um, going um, to court and that dealing with that. And then the whole church scene, I was like, "Whoa! Like this is a pretty good movie now." Yeah, 
kind of redeem, um, kind of. You're not expecting that at the end, are you? You're not expecting. No, that. I didn't even know this is what kind of movie we were watching. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just surprised me, and like the surprises were interesting, and I enjoyed them. And um, when you get to the church and they're singing that song, uh, "Let My People Go," mm-hmm. it's just oh. And then when they start watching the the uh, Pluto's fun something, yeah, yeah, Pluto's fun. I don't know. That thing was um, when you see everyone laughing, and then he laughs, and he's like, "Am I laughing?" Mm-hmm. The whole thing, like it got me. It got me in the end. I was like, "Okay, okay, did all you, right, you got me, guys." Did I like you it. cry a little bit? <laughs> I didn't cry. Um, no, got a lump in your cry. throat. I mean, at the end of it, right? No, no, it was good all the way to the end because then they even explain, even explains it that people need laughter right now. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's also touching. You're just like, all right, I love this guy. All right. Guy. <laughs> uh, I like you. Yep. I like right you, rich guy. <laughs> you didn't want to like, I didn't want to like him. I was like, screw this guy. But, you know, he learns a lesson. It gets out in the movie. People hear it. They didn't well, follow well, it. <laughs> the, the one thing you can say about him is that he puts his money where his mouth is because like the guy gives him the donuts and then he's like, hey, yeah. here's some money. Like, Mr. Sullivan, this is from a friend. Thank you for the donuts or whatever. And gives him like a pile of, gives him like a hundred yeah. bucks or whatever. How like immediately he's like, I need to give them money. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's yeah, not just like, an idealist. Like he's not and just, then it's, yeah. honest, And I'm surprised they talk about the taxes and everything. And that was amazing. So the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's one scene in the beginning, that, you know, where they're chasing him in the car and they're playing the wacky music and there's a chase and all that stuff. And you think, wow, we're going to we're going to watch like this almost like a Three Stooges movie or something. And then. Yeah. And then when you see the, the train scene with like the picture, you know, it's a stupid looking set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be so lame. But as it but, goes um, on, as it goes on, it starts yeah. to tell you more and more of the story. And uh, it was really it was um, a pleasant surprise. Surprisingly oh, good. I, I actually had never mm-hmm. seen this movie, and John Sandy is the person that recommended it to me. So I do have to say that at the start, uh, John John recommended this movie, and I really ended up. I was kind of in the same boat. I'm like, what am I watching here? And then anytime you see a black person in a movie in this era, like we talked about it, it's always cringe time. And there's a little of that. There's a little of that with the cook in the beginning. You're like, oh, oh. my god, you're like, I saw that, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna like the rest of the <laughs> you're movie. Like, yeah. yeah. And uh, Nicole and I were watching it, and she she thought the same thing. I didn't say anything, and then at the end, you're like, okay, we're we're good, we're good, you know. But um, uh, yeah, we we you talked. Know, Mario, go ahead. Uh, I was reading about this the other day. I've read a lot about this movie. Uh, Preston Sturges got a letter from the NAACP uh, thanking him for the church scene. They said this was so beautiful mm-hmm. and had so much dignity and and compassion in it. They just said we never get that kind of portrayal in a movie. So thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was like 41. I love that they left it alone too. They just let that scene just keep going. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah, they let it, was it, really, it just, it, it's a good message and you just kind of get mad that, you know, this movie was old and still nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah. 20, 25 years later, there's right. still, I was watching. I'm like, so you guys knew this. You guys are just still assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just still upset. Mm-hmm. Nobody learns. Nobody learns. 
Uh, yeah, like two yeah. wars later, you know, we have World War II, which you're fighting basically against a giant racist, fascist, you know, dictatorship. <clears throat> and you're, we still come home and it's like, yeah, we're the same. Like nothing changes. You know, it's it's upsetting. You're right. Um, but yeah, that, that last scene is interesting because it is, it is it's it, there's like, you're right, John, dignity is the word there. And the fact that they're sharing that the people who would be the least considered the least in American society are sharing their church with prisoners, you know, with people who are, you know, and then my wife noticed too, that some of the prisoners were, were black. They were mixed. It was, it, they weren't segregated yeah. in prison, you know, and she noticed yeah. that too. And, and the minister, the minister says, now please don't make them feel unwelcome, you know, in, in word or deed, do not make them feel unwelcome. We're here. all the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that always it's me yeah that's a that's it was a, good it was a great movie and then it's a pluto cartoon they're watching pluto you're like oh my god it's a mickey mouse cartoon it's just, <laughs> and it's crazy that they show it to us yeah like, they could have just shown an audience laughing but it's whoa it's weird to see a disney movie in a non-disney film in a non -Disney, like that. i think the way they got around it was they were both rko at the time i think rko distributed disney's movies and i think this is an rko movie so that's how they got that's around it like, oh, was it paramount it's crazy yeah, I yeah. I think it was just before. I mean, it's only forty-one. Snow White's only been out like maybe two years, so Disney's not quite the monolith it became. And I think he saw the value of just having another plug in there. You know, <laughs> sure. Who wouldn't want their movie to be the one that everybody's laughed at, laughing at? You know, that's a that's kind of a great yeah. message. So, uh, well, Justine, I'm glad you liked it, especially since we put you through Maltese Falcon. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I watched Maltese Falcon first, and then I watched this one. And I was like, "Great, why?" <laughs> <laughs> for sure, don't like Maltese Falcon. For sure. Uh, Jake, what did you think? Um, of it's Paramount. Is it's, it Paramount? It's Paramount. Okay. Yeah, it's Paramount. That's the logo on the book. I stand. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. And then she opens it. That's which right. Is a really that's a cute touch. I really enjoyed that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And that book, the art cover of that book looks like the original Grapes of Wrath or something. Like that style of yeah. art looks like that yeah. 1930s style. Uh, Jake, what did you think of uh, Sullivan's Travels, my man? Uh, I was I was very surprised. Because yeah, at first you're like, what is going on? And he goes out, is out, is like gone for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> makes it back to Hollywood and you're like, okay, is he being set up just so he can come back and work on that movie? <laughs> And then he meets a girl and goes back again. It's just back and forth, but yeah, I, he's. I mean, he's a great character, great actor. Um, same with the same with the woman. I don't remember her name. Veronica Lake, but, but she doesn't have a name in the movie. Mm -mm. Oh, girl, yeah, but she was fantastic and great message, which came out of nowhere. You know, is is just very is very steady. Up until up until he got knocked out, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, wakes up, beats the shit out of a guy, <laughs> goes to jail. <laughs> it just it escalates. Yeah, right. It gets super so dark. Quick, <laughs> so quick. In the matter of like twenty minutes, he goes from being this you know this successful, well, relatively successful director mm -hmm. to. 
uh, to go into jail. Well, he's not chain gang. Yeah, he's chain, on a chain yeah. gang for Christ's sake. He's like six years. He's not going to get out. He's definitely <laughs> successful because they would not let a, a, a junior. They would not let John Houston at the time go out on a on a on a trek like this. So they knew he had he made them money. So mm-hmm. that that was the whole reason that he was he was a successful director, which is why he got to go on this little expedition, I guess. But yeah, it was good. There's a lot of unexpected turns. That it literally like the movie literally turned on a dime, which I thought was really interesting. Jake, let me ask you this. If I'm on a if I get if I'm carrying a bag of money and it falls on the railroad tracks and the train is coming. Yeah. Should I wait till the train passes, then pick up the money, or should I grab the money should, and then run in front of the train for as long as I can? Is that what I should do? Now, what you now a little known fact about trains is you don't run to either side; you serpentine, and the train and the train's just going to get out of your way. You serpentine on the tracks, and the train's just going to get out of your way. Yeah, yeah. You just I always laugh at that. I'm like, wow, that guy could have really you just, just laugh. Really good. Mm-hmm. He could have literally stepped out of the way and been okay. Greed, greed, greed will do that to you. Yeah, you got a sack of money. It makes you think twice. Uh, I missed something that I've never missed with the shoes. He should have. He didn't have the shoes. He had the shoes stolen the first time he went out, but they find him in the i. They find the ID cards the second time he goes out. So I think that's like a, a loop. I think they never closed up that loophole, you know? I just think he's they stole the shoes in the train car when he was knocked out. Yeah, but that was the first time he went out. So he had gone home and he went home and went back out, remember? You know, they find this guy. I don't know that they say they find a guy. who uh, I don't know that it's the guy that, that was uh, run over by the train. They find a guy in the morgue. It might be the guy that stole his shoes in the uh, earlier scene, you know. Well, mm-hmm. no, because it is the guy with the money because they say they can't identify him because he's he's like yeah, he's, oh. he's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, and if there's blood all over the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, card, isn't mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I thought about that. I, I came up with the same conclusion. The only answer would be is if he stole the shoes as well. My, there's my, not much time to do that. Nicole, there's su- not a lot of time to do that. N- you Nicole know? suggested they probably just sewed him into every pair of shoes he took. Like if he went out again, they're like, "Hey, let's put oh, this yeah. in." Maybe, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to, you liked it, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you? Um, what were you expecting from those opening scenes? Were you expecting it to be a little bit more wacky, a little bit more of like a, hey. a little, a little bit, a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Just from the way, yeah, from the way it set it up. But I liked, I liked that it had a interesting turn. So yeah. that was good. Yeah, you're right. It does get very dark, and uh, the one thing they don't address that I hope they, that I was hoping they get into, but it's a great line, is when he says, uh, "You know, the guy, the little guy that's helping him out, little guy that looks like uh, Piglet." Uh, mm-hmm. He says, uh, <laughs> "He says you got to be in here for six years," and he goes, "They do not." Uh, he's like, "They don't send movie directors away for six years for something like this," and it's such a it's such an amazing, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so self-aware, you know, the Hollywood, the idea yeah. that, that they could get away with it. And you kind of hope. address all of this shit. <laughs> yeah, they address it. This and is you... 1941, guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? That's uh, that's Preston Sturges. That shows you he had been around and he, he understood what he was 
talking about you know yeah that it's a different it's it's two different kinds of justice yeah it's a different kind of justice depending on your color and how much money you got and so that's him addressing it yeah yeah so he puts that in the script he really addresses yeah. some heavy stuff in a in a comedy you know and you're kind of hoping that he'll kind of address that later and they go back to it but they don't but i think the fact just the fact that they acknowledge it is huge um, it's amazing they did that much in yeah. a comedy, you know. Yeah, you don't. A, a picture director doesn't go away for six years for something like this. You know, in other words, there's yeah. there's two sets of rules, you know, and, and it's, you know it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Patrick, what did you think of Sullivan's Travels, my friend? You mean rich man for all his money can't get where he's going forever, <laughs> and it takes him getting his ass royally beat for him to learn a lesson? Yes. Oh yeah, that movie. Um, <laughs> It was a real surprise. Like I didn't, I was not expecting it to take that turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's like the movie had, you know, twists and turns where you're going back and forth and looping yourself back. And then it just turns left and it turns left hard. Like that's like you're in the car and somebody <laughs> missed the exit. And they're just like, Nope, we still fucking going and just slams you into the <laughs> divider. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to hit you in the feels real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, I thought the, you know, the beginning parts were funny um but just the message at the end of the film i think really stuck that like he he didn't need to put light on what something they're already going through it's not what they want they want is to be able to see some light and some hope in the world and be able to smile and laugh um and i thought that was huge but by far my favorite scene that i was truly shocked for being 1941 was the church scene i did not expect to see that level of compassion uh, and was a really nice thing to see. I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, especially after what we went through last week with. Uh, uh, we, oh yeah, we got. I the, felt better, right? We got right? The, like this was the belly cleanser. It's like, oh, hey, well, like I, I was half worried when I, you know, we got to that scene. I'm like, please don't tell me somebody's gonna. It's please don't. And I was super worried that it was gonna be like just a whole blackface scene. And I was really pleased that, you know, they they cast African-American people and they were shown in a way of respect and compassion that I did not expect from this film. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciated that. I was I was really surprised and it had a deeper meaning. And I think that was intentional. Um, I definitely think Preston Sergis did that in, in a, an intentional way to say, hey, you know what? Everybody's equal like this isn't. It's it was it was I don't think it, at the time, I don't think people really noticed it. I think that was something that was really interesting. Well, uh, one of the big that's things a year, that's a year later, you know, what we saw yeah. last week. This is like a year later. So you got to give it up for Preston Sturges, I'll tell you. Well, well one of the uh, things that uh, we haven't talked about yet is this movie was not very well received at the time and kind of grew in in. Um, in reputation, it's almost like it's a wonderful life where it grew in reputation as years have gone on. Um, yeah, but uh, it wasn't a fl- it wasn't a flop, but people didn't know what to make of it because they think they're going to see a comedy. Preston Sturges always does comedies, and halfway into the movie, it's like, what the hell? I thought this was a comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, too, it, it followed the same lines as far as what Sullivan wanted to do. Anyways, he was a comedy director, and he's like, no. I want to do something more serious. So it's almost like Preston Sturgis was saying the same thing. Like, I want to do something more serious. I get it. Like, yeah. people need to laugh, and that's the point. But at the same time, we have to put light on some of these issues. And it's true to the character. 
the thing I like is that it's never like out of character. Everyone pretty much stays in character, no matter how dark it gets, you know? Yeah. I did have one gripe with this film. Did she really need to trip twice on the way to tell them the news that he was still alive? Yes. <laughs> like, was that necessary? 100%. Well, it is a comedy. <laughs> I get it. Damn. Like, I just felt bad for her. It was like, she's been through enough, and they're like, nope, here's a go. Well, what, what I never knew you until. Feel worse. <laughs> she was pregnant. That's right. I was gonna, and you they made feel worse? Call? She was pregnant. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, she didn't, she didn't tell them when she got the part, and she was so afraid she was going to get fired. But you, I didn't notice it at first. And then once I told Nicole that, Nicole started picking up. She's like, yeah, look at that bow she's wearing. She's wearing a big bow on her stomach, like on a, a robe with a big bow. And she's like, you can tell where they're hiding it. And you, once you know that and you start to watch it, you're like, oh, okay, there. She's wearing that. That's why she's wearing that robe or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, apparently yeah. Preston Sturgis was not happy when he found out because she, no. And Edith Head, who was the costume designer, you you know her as the the lady from Incredibles, but she um she actually went out of her way to help her hide it on screen to keep it a secret That's as long awesome. as possible. Yeah, did a pretty good job. Yeah, did a pretty good job. Yeah, the whole time she's wrong. dressed like a hobo, it kind of works, you know. Yeah. Uh, she she's so adorable in this movie though. Apparently, yeah. not the funnest person to work with in real life, but in the movie, she's uh, she's um, uh, apparently. I guess the next movie was I Married a Witch. John is that her next movie? And uh, yeah, yeah. And they asked Joel McRae to do it, and he did not want to work with her again, so he turned it down. So I don't know what the and and and, uh, and Frederick March, who was in I Married a Witch, said the same thing. He said, "Whoa, never again!" Wow, <laughs> so, which is so. So I guess she wasn't. She was so good on screen, but I guess she wasn't pleasant in real life. Yeah, know? she was great in this movie, and you just you just fall in love. You're just like, wow, what a what a. And they make a great team. It's great. Yeah, that's acting. Yeah. That's acting. Acting, John. Let's talk about Sullivan's Travels. Tell us about how you first discovered this one. I think I stumbled upon it on, uh, I think it was Tom Hatton on Channel 5 doing one of those things. I don't know if it was Family Film Festival or what, but he was doing a thing where he played uh, all week long, he played Preston Sturges movies, and I'd never heard of Preston Sturges. So uh, he did five movies in five days, and this was one of them. And I just fell in love with it. I just thought it was so great. So funny, and then it has so much to say. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it really worked, you know, even when it takes that dark turn. It just works so well. Yeah. And everybody in it is great. Uh, it's in my top 10. If somebody asked me what my top 10 movies of all time were, this would be one of them. It's just, uh, I never get tired of watching it. The, the great thing about Preston Sturges, aside from the dialogue being so great, is that um, even if somebody's playing like a butler or a cab driver or a truck driver, they might have like the best line in the whole scene. You know, he loved writing great lines for characters, even if they were barely in it. So you get some very funny lines and some very eloquent lines. And it might be somebody who's like, um, you know, maybe fifth or sixth way down on the cast. Yeah. What does the guy and, say? Um, what does the guy say in the diner uh, when they when they're looking at the donuts and they realize they only have the, a million? Yeah. That's such a great line. And yeah, just, just, I'll, I'll never get rich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's like a funny that's like a funny scene but at the same time like it's one of the sweetest things in the film like then he gives him the money like, he gives him the money yeah. he's like here you go dude this is like instant karma for being a good person here's you know he wants yeah. you to have then, this money 
And then what that secretary says, you know, you know, it's going to ruin him because every guy that walks in, he's going to give him a turkey dinner. He's never going to hit the jackpot again. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But um, a lot of these people that were like uh, side characters, you know, all these guys that worked uh, at the studio, the the bus driver and the, uh, uh, you know, the guy, the doctor and the guy that's doing the PR. A lot of these guys, they turn up in all the Preston Sturges movies. He had like his own repertory company. There's like nine or ten guys that they're on all they're playing all the bit parts in every one of his movies. And and he switches it up. Sometimes they're a butler in one movie and then you're like a cab driver in the next. And uh, he just loved them. Uh, he just thought that these guys really deliver for me. So I'm going to write him some great lines. So uh, some of the best stuff is like, <laughs> like the, uh, I love the uh, the bus driver, you know, when they say, what's Las Vegas? And he goes. You know, it's an education, Doc. <laughs> they do everything in Vegas. It's an education. <laughs> and when they're writing about his trip, and he goes, it's what you call a paraphrase, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. That guy kind of looked like Rondo Hatton a little bit. A little bit like yeah. Rondo. Um, but uh, I, my favorite my favorite uh, stuff is at the beginning. I love the, the very first bit where he's telling him he wants to make this movie. And uh, they're trying to talk him out of it. Uh, because he's been making so much money doing the comedies. Mm-hmm. And I love his whole speech. Like, I want to do something important. I want to do something with a little dignity. I want to do something the studio can be proud of with a little sex. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. they keep going, but with a little sex. And finally, the third time, he goes, with a little sex. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. And uh, they shot that whole thing. You know, he gives that whole speech with them sort of like fast talking saying, what do you know about trouble? You know, what if, where if, you know, you were going to college. What do you know about trouble? That whole scene is shot in one take. Yeah. And they said they just rehearsed it and rehearsed it. And they said, if anyone blows a line, we're going to have to do it all over again. But from the time they come out of the screening room and the whole monologue in that, in that uh, room where he's telling him what he wants to do, that whole thing is one take yeah. and it's beautiful. And then I also love the scene, the very next scene where the butlers, his two butlers are trying to talk him out of it. And one of them says, you know, this could be very dangerous. The poor like their privacy. They don't want, you know, they don't want people barging in on them. And he goes, well, he gets pretty heavy every now and then. He goes, yes, sir. Oh, he's reading books. <laughs> he's all, he's all, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that guy? Uh, and that little, the little butler, that's the voice of Mr. Toad. That's um, Eric Bloor, who played the short butler. The, the, that's the voice of... Uh, Mr. Toad in the Disney cartoon. The balding butler? The balding? Yeah. Uh, He looks so... Oh, God. He looks like a guy who is a character actor now. Um, Yeah. He has a great look about him. Absolutely. Yeah, he looks like... He's in a million... He's in a million movies, and he's always got... He's just got such a great voice and such a great accent. And um, I I also love the scene where they're trying to find out where he can get on the train dressed as a tramp, you know? And he goes, I've got a bet. If I were a tramp, where would I board the train? <laughs> He's like, oh, by the way, you've won the bet. Uh, That's right. <laughs> a lot of great characters in the movie. Know. A lot of great. And uh, it, it's, it's fun. You, you're interested the whole time. You're, you're watching it and you're, you kind of have, uh, you have an interest in the whole time. Is he going to do it? What's he going to learn? And like, like Justine said, at first you're not expecting much because you're like, what's with this guy? You know, you're just not. You you don't think he's going to learn any lessons, and then he learns uh, a lesson in the weirdest way possible. But he he finally does come you around. Know, it's it's so. By the time he gets on the chain gang, you're like, how is he going to get out of this? He's really. It's like he's in a different movie. It's like you were in this movie. Now you're in this movie. Yeah. Now and you're it's in, like you know like 
you're like in a Paul Muni movie. You know, I, I, I was on a, you know, I'm a prisoner of a chain gang. How is he going to get out of this? And I thought that was pretty ingenious. The whole idea. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to confess to the murder of me. <laughs> I'm tell yeah. I killed John. I L. Sullivan. I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great, yeah. Cause you're and, wondering how um, he's going to do it. But the one that always puts a lump in my throat, it always just makes me choke up at the end is uh, he's on the plane and they're like, boy, this is great. You know, this will be the greatest tragedy of all time. And William Demarest says, yeah, it'll put Shakespeare in the shipping news. <laughs> and he says, well, I say it with some embarrassment, but I don't want to make a brother where art thou. And they're just like, what? What? <laughs> you know, that's and it, I love how the the, uh, the guy with the cigar goes. And why don't you want to make a brother where art thou? And I just love how he says, well, as bad as I had it, I still haven't suffered enough. And uh, there's something to be said for making people laugh. And then when he says, do you know that's all some people have? It just gets me every time. It just makes me choke up every time. Yeah. Well, it was nice, too, the fact that she knew that already. And she let him kind of figure it out. Because she said that on earlier in the film. Like, she said sometimes, you know, making people laugh is all that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, I think that was the diner scene where she said that. Yeah. And that's like the first 10, well, the I, first 10, 20 minutes. I love, yeah, when they're in the, right. I love when they're in the car and she's asking about the movies that she likes. And it's all these dumb comedies. And yeah, she's just yeah. laughing, just thinking about him. And he's so irritated. He's so irritated with her that that's what she's like. Oh, did you direct this? You directed that? I can't believe it. it was, and he was just like, oh, he's so embarrassed. But uh, I know, know he, she says, you know, he kisses the pig and then the, you know, and then the horse sneezes and he sneezes back. And she goes, I love her. She goes, well, it's stupid. But of course, that's the point. It was a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Great movie, John. Great, great pick. Stupid, but it's a lot of fun. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's the podcast. Stupid, but a lot of fun. For some mm-hmm. of us, not for Justine when we have to just do Bogart movies. Justine uh, clocked out. Is she okay? Bogart, James yeah, Bond. I have her scores. All right. You, have, you do have her scores. Okay, let's talk about it. John, Sullivan's Travels? I don't do this very often, but I give this one an 11. Wow. We're going to give it a 10. Ooh. It doesn't go to 11. This isn't... Isn't uh, spinal no, tap? Don't give the gets an eleven. <laughs> no, that that gives don't that way if somebody gives it a lower me. score. Well, then I give Maltese Falcon a fifteen. There you go. <laughs> yeah, respect, Patrick. Um, I, I, I honestly can't find anything wrong with this film, and I was pleasantly surprised and impressed. So. I am also gonna give this a ten. A ten? Wow! I I really enjoyed the film, and I think the message was wonderful. And I like how um, it was respectful in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that means a lot, and I think that it deserves some praise. Beautiful, uh, Jakey. I give it a nine and a half. 9.5 Justine Justine, Somebody do Justine's voice Uh, It was okay I guess I'll give it a 7 She gave it a 7? I wish she was here because uh, I wish she was here because she really liked it Yeah she gave it a 7 She gave it a 7? Yes Justine gives it a 7 I'm going to give it a 9 9 So Mario That's why I gave it an an 11 (laughs) Well, let me t- let me tell you why I give it a nine. I would love it. 
The ending makes up for it, but I just still some just the scenes with the cook still get me. They make me a little True. uncomfortable. I forgot about that. They give me. They make me a little but uncomfortable. You know, you know that everybody on that bus. We pretty much got the same. Got yeah, the same. Yes, mess. yes, they yes. All fell over. Yes, they're all ass over. No, I, 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 I amend my score. It's a nine. You're thank, right. Thank. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I, to do that. You're to you, right. John. No, I forgot. I forgot about that scene. You're absolutely right. I will tell you what, John. I just watched Mr. Blanding's Build His Dream House, in which the, uh, the the domestic is played by a black woman, and uh, and my wife and I were commenting. Oh, you know, I mean, she's a domestic. But at least, you know, she's just, you know, there's there's nothing there's nothing stereotypical or anything aside from the fact that she's a domestic, obviously. And then when they move out to the country, they have a trailer attached to the car. And guess who's in the trailer? Out Sitting out like not a not a covered trailer, but just like a trailer that you would pull behind the like a U-Haul. There's the domestic. Oh, but fuck. but she's also with the lawyer played by Melvin Douglas. And I turned to Nicole and I said, if Melvin Douglas wasn't in that thing, I would be so offended right now. <laughs> but, you know, but you're right. It gets points because at the end, John, that ending is so powerful. And there's obviously, yeah. a, there's obviously a message there. Uh, which yeah, I you, forgot about that. Which you cannot uh, deny. So, uh, it doesn't. It's not enough to ruin it for me. But it. But like you said, John, last week, it's like walking through a minefield. But uh, the fact that um, there's so much positivity in this movie uh, is is, uh, is is a breath of fresh air. Honestly, it's a breath breath of fresh air. So uh, it's a it's a movie that I love and I have visited uh, many times since you've introduced it to me. So I thank you for that, sir. How about that? How about that? I love it. Where did Justine go? Uh, she'll be back. Next week. What do we got coming up next week, Justine? I got it right here. <laughs> I love it, man. She was ready. Justine, your voice got deeper. And sexier. And next week we have the Wolfman and Road to Morocco. The Wolfman. And, and Road to Morocco. 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 <laughs> Is that how Justine would say, would pronounce Morocco? Morocco. No to Morocco. Uh, She's going to kill me for this. Can't stand him. Uh, Road to Morocco, I already watched. Good news, guys. Very minimal. Um, We're going to be, get, you're going to be offended in a different way at Road to Morocco. But, but. But, if you're a Muslim. But Family Guy, if you're a fan of Family Guy, which I am not, you're going to recognize uh, one of the tunes from Family Guy. So get excited about that. No, that was the Charlie Brown. That was Charlie Brown Halloween movie. Where are those good old fashioned values? No. No. pumpkin. Why are you saying it like what's her name and singing in the rain? What, what's that actress's name? What's that actress's name, John? Kathleen Freeman. No. Oh, Gene Hagen. Gene Hagen. Yeah. Kathleen Freeman is but the teacher. Mm-hmm. The teacher is uh, Kathleen Freeman. Always looked 50, Kathleen Freeman. Always looked the same. Not- I know. And she's probably like 40 in that movie, but she already looks. Like uh, yeah. At least she's always like, uh, age. 
She's in a, she's probably in every Jerry Lewis movie, always playing, you know, the woman who's angry at him for like spilling the uh, display of corn cans or something. Was she the was she the Margaret Dumont of the uh, Jerry Lewis universe? There you go. Yep. Uh, exactly. 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 All right, guys. What a great week, John. You had a good week this week. Next week you're gonna have fun too. Yeah, you've been picking some great ones. I didn't pick them. These are just the way they came down the pike. So. I see. They're it's just good pipe. I see. They're just in, in my the picture. My compliments to the pipe. Well, I'm glad you guys really. I'm, <laughs> you're welcome. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Justine. We miss you. We'll see you next week, Patrick, Jake, John. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, you know, did you see? I sent you the clip of our new uh, closing, John. Did you see it? Unity. Uh, yeah. So for other oh, she is Justine. What did you give uh, Sullivan's Travels? Seven. Wow, what would have made it? That's only one above uh, Casablanca, but you said you loved it. Mm-hmm. So it's an eleven. Maybe if they uh, made it shorter, longer <laughs> film. It's Ninety minutes, Justine. I, I, like minutes. It, I would not rewatch it, and this is why I gave it a low score because I'm not going to rewatch it. Oh uh-huh. wow! Wow. Okay, that's you know what. Uh, Nicole and I have been watching on the Criterion channel. They have a, a whole thing of Cary Grant, just the comedies is a whole bulk of. And Nicole said that a couple times. She's like, I'm glad I watched it, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. She said that about. Yeah, exactly. She said that about uh, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, uh, which was, we all know, is about a man with the power. <laughs> what? What'd you say? We all know that The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer is about a man with the power. The man with the power. Yeah. I think this is a reference to something I'm not quite catching. <laughs> well, there's a question you should ask after that. Mm. If I say, if I say the man, if I say the man with the, with the power. power. Yeah. What do you say? Power. You say, John, John. No. What do you say, John? If I say the man with the power, who's, you say, who's the man? <laughs> Uh, have you never seen that? That's where that's where Bowie got that from Labyrinth. That's where that's from. Oh, is that right? Yeah, is that right? Mm-hmm. I've never seen The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. It's fantastic. It's really good. Is it? Yeah, it's fun. Well, you know, it's it's Cary Grant and Myrna Loy, and they're always great together. Mm-hmm. They're always great together, and uh, it's a Shirley Temple, like a teenage Shirley Temple, and she's in love with Cary Grant, and Cary Grant is you know it's this whole thing, and he's an older man, and he's trying to like. Fender off. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. You could never make right it on. today. You could never, ever, ever make it in today's climate. But, uh, but it they is, did, it, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, what was that? Professional. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And she you wasn't even make, a teenager. Yeah. You, know what? You, could, you couldn't make that movie today. <laughs> you you, you sh- couldn't make the professional today. You shouldn't make that movie today. Um. Yeah. Da, 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 da. What? Uh, yeah. No. No. It's so. Nicole, Nicole said that about a couple. We watched uh, Mr. Blanding's Builds a Dream House so far. Last night we watched Bringing Up Baby. Um, Baby. And uh, I realized how off-putting Catherine Hepburn is in that movie. I forgot. Oh, you want to kill her? You just want to kill her? You know? Yeah. But Cary uh, Grant is so great. Exactly. In that. <laughs> that's what I told. That's what I told Nicole. <laughs> She goes, she goes, you know, I'm glad I watched it. She said it was funny. She only gave it a five. She goes, it was funny. But I was so busy being annoyed at 
Catherine Hepburn that it like ruined the enjoyment of a lot of that movie for me. Because she just, because it's like torture. It's like torture seeing what she does to him. Yes. But it also uh, shows you why people go, Judy, Judy, Judy. Yes. Because basically he's going, Susan, 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 stop it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he's so good in it. He's And everybody else is oh. so good in it. Um, you know, that's pr- for that age, that's the prime, for that period, that's the prime Cary Grant right there. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. But uh, tonight, I think we're going to watch another one. So I don't know what... Uh, uh, we also watch Indiscreet. The Rods. We watched Indiscreet, by the way. And uh, you want to talk about a beautiful woman. Ingrid Bergman in that movie has, like, no makeup on whatsoever. And still looks yeah, absolutely... Yeah. Still looks fantastic. Still looks fantastic. And at that point was... What we would con- what Hollywood would consider middle aged, but she looked great, and uh, it was actually that's one of those Stanley Donnan did a bunch of those movies, the Cary Grant in the fifties, where they're very like urbane comedies, sort of, you know. But uh, it's not quite slapstick. like indiscreet. Yeah, you ever see indiscreet? That's the one we just watched. That's the one I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was good stuff, and uh, so I'm if, sure I- if you have the Criterion channel, check out uh, uh, the Cary Grant comedies that are on there now. All right, guys. Right on. You guys, this has been a great show. I love you all. Justine's breaking out the L.A. Dodgers jacket. You're going to put that on right now? All right. Look at that thing. It's so satiny. Hey, there's. I have that. Hold on. Hold on. How did you, did you sew that on or did you iron that on? I bought the the guy who made it. I bought the jacket. He only made a few of these. There it is. Yeah, didn't we buy that I, for you? You did. Yeah. I haven't ironed it on yet. I don't know if it's an iron on or a, I don't know how to do it. I'll figure it out. Yeah, he made this jacket. He only made like, I want to say like five or something. So a, I bought one. It's a beautiful jacket. Mm-hmm. Wow. One of five. That's amazing. And it's signed. That's amazing. And it's signed by Kike Hernandez. Wow. That's uh, all right, guys. For Patrick, for Jake, for John, for Justine, we say this transmission ends now. Unity! Unity!